Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 121 of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza. I am your disabled Dick Smith. I saw somebody post that on social media and I wanted to try it out. I am your disabled Dick Smith, your disabled dreamboat, your disabled boyfriend experience. I am the sexiest disabled thing you will hear all day. And let's get this show started. For a minute there, my voice, ooh, the thing is too high. I got to turn down the levels. Hang on. There we go. It's, oh, now it's too low. Oh. Professional, professional. Um, I don't know what I was doing. I was going to say... I'm going to just start again. Hold on, please. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say was that my voice sounded a little ASMR there. And I'm thinking about producing an ASMR episode where I just, like, whisper disability-related words in sexy and ASMR voice. I feel like that's something that we should have because disability can be sexy and it could be a fun episode to do. So I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about doing more movie reviews and I'm thinking about all that stuff. And upon this recording, because I'm recording two episodes back-to-back right now, upon this recording, the podcast has... Let's look at the numbers. The podcast has in total, it has, doing it, doing it, it's got uh, 39,133 on this platform, and then 71,000 on the other platform that I moved it from, so we're like well over 100,000 downloads, which is kind of amazing, considering how niche this show is, so... Thanks for listening, everybody. That's super cool. And you may be able to tell on this recording that I'm a little bit more relaxed than usual. I'm trying to be, trying to have a more fun, <laughs> a more fun, fancy-free, like, relaxo persona when I record a little bit. Because sometimes I record and I'm so worried about how it'll be received. It, lo- it loses, loses its, like, fun kind of like it loses the fun factor and I didn't want I wanted to like change it up so I'm a little bit more relaxed today I'm just kind of do, doing the things I'm being a little bit more like a rando about how I how, with the recording not super profesh today just putting it out there because it'll get me into the mood for today's episode which is gonna be a really fun one I wanted to do something totally different and here's what the episode's gonna be about 
So I've been thinking about doing this episode for a while and it's been like percolating in my brain for a good, I want to say like a month and a half as I was thinking about like other episodes to put out. In those moments when I'm scrambling for content and scrambling for episodes to do, these are the ideas, the kernels that go in my head and they go in a big like folder where I have all my ideas written down that I want to like flush out and see that they'll turn into a thing. And this one, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more it stuck in my brain. And I was like, yeah, I can turn this into an episode. So I called this episode, Would You Shove This in My Mouth? And on this episode, we're going to visit and talk about the act of feeding a disabled lover a meal as a non-disabled partner. And we're also going to look at what the popular mags suggest are the best and worst first date foods. So I want to picture I want you to close your eyes and picture you're on a date with somebody that you really like and you really have a big crush on this person and you want to go out with them and they like you and things are good, but then you realize they are disabled and they need help eating. And how would you manage that? What kind of food would you help what kind of food would you help them eat? Um So what I did was I took the, what the popular magazine suggests are the best and worst first date food, and then I factored in the disability feeding assistance ratio into that to see how feedable is this food to somebody. If you had to take this meal and literally help somebody eat it, could you do it? And is it, a, is it really messy? Is it sexy? Will it make a sexy mess? I want to look at all that and just see, just do a fun episode to see like if the first date foods are actually accessible. So when we're getting to know somebody, either if it's for dating or casual fun or just as friends, um, we tend to ask them a series of questions in order to get to know somebody. We ask them, their, hey, what kind of music do you like? And then we're like, hey, what's your favorite movie? And at some point, pretty early on, you'll probably say, hey, what kind of food do you like? If I'm super honest, the question about food, for me, if I if I ask what kind of food you like, isn't just a friendly question about the kind of food you like in order to get to know somebody. It's really important for me because if you say, hey, I like burgers or I like this kind of food, I then can make a pun about how maybe sometime you'll have to feed me that food and shove that meat in my mouth. Um, and I, I make this joke a lot when I'm courting dudes and wanting to spend time with them. I make this joke a ton because I want to see not only is this like this like hey want to shove some meat in my mouth like a really sexy playful thing but it also is it's a, I'm gauging whether or not this person wants to not only get naked but also determining whether or not they'd be willing to help me if I needed if I needed it in a situation. I'm it's a much larger question because it's like I want to see how comfortable they are when I when I reveal to them that I'm more than just a wheelchair user. I need I actually need help and I have disabilities and parts of my disability that require that I need help. So this question is not just a playful quip, it's a loaded question for sure. Because if I if I say, hey, would you mind shoving a burger in my, in my mouth sometime or shoving that meat in my mouth sometime and you say no, it means I can't suck your dick because in that moment I've learned that you won't help me eat. So in my mind, this means that you won't be comfortable getting me out of my chair, getting me undressed and helping me in bed when we 
eventually go back to my place to fuck around. Um, and so this question holds a lot of weight for me. The answer you give to that playful question is much more nuanced and important than people might realize. It's one of the first times on a date or romantic setting that isn't solely sex, where a non-disabled partner might clue into the fact that their disabled love or sex interest is more than just, quote, in a wheelchair. They'll actually be reliant on their partner for real things. And this can scare people right off the bat. The responses I get to this question have varied. So when I'll say like, hey, do you want to shove meat in my mouth? The responses I get sometimes, they'll say stuff like, oh, uh, you mean uh, I have to feed you? Or they'll be like, uh, I have to feed you? They always put emphasis on the word feed. And this always baffled me until I made notes for this episode and put the words kind of, and I could see the words being written. I never really put together that the way they say feed implies a whole bunch of ableism that they may be struggling with, as if feeding somebody something that we've all had done to us in our lives is somehow beneath them. So they'll say like, oh, uh, I have to feed you. Like it's like this big scary thing that they they haven't had done to them in their lives when, when we've all had that done to us in childhood and we probably will all need that in in older adulthood so why is it so scary in the middle another answer i'll get to hey do you want to shove meat in my mouth is oh uh sure uh yeah 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 that's no problem yeah 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 like they're way too comfortable with the idea but underneath that you, I, I can hear their discomfort like they're trying to grapple with this reality in real time and they can't quite understand that because I can physically talk and use my mouth in normative ways someone like me would need to be fed so they're they're confused because typically when non-disabled people think of people who need to be fed they they assume somebody is in a comatose state vegetative can't do anything for themselves and here I am up and talking to them saying hey I want to suck your dick later why should I be asking for help to eat it, it makes them question ideas of independence and that scares them I think and that's why they're always like yeah 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 no problem. yeah of course of course and of course nobody wants to be seen as being discriminatory so they get way into the idea way too fast and that scares them a lot too Another one I get when I'll ask, hey, do you want to shove meat in my mouth? I'll get, oh, what can you eat? And the question on his face, what can you eat, is pretty common. And given that so many of us have multiple disabilities, different allergies and illnesses, it actually makes kind of sense to ask that question. The trouble is how you ask that question. So they're like, what can you eat? And this implies that I'm othered almost immediately, and that feels weird. It feels super similar to how people ask, wait, you have sex? Shocker. And so, like, if I if I say, do you want to shove meat in my mouth? Don't ask me if I can eat or what I can eat like that. Just say, hey, like, what can what what foods are good for you and how how what assistance might you need? That's really simple. Start there. But don't ask, what can you eat? Like, I never have eaten before. Like, wow. 
And there isn't just anxiety on the side of the person that I might be asking for help. There's also anxiety for me. I can't even begin to share with you the number of times I've met up with guys or people that I've liked, or even friends at restaurants and coffee bars, and we've sat down to get to know each other for lunch, or what have you, and even though I may be super hungry and not wanting to be a bother or be a problem or anything, I will... When they ask me, hey, do you want me to get you anything? I'll always almost instinctively decline, no matter what it is. No matter if I haven't eaten all day, no matter if I've been running in back and forth between meetings, no matter if I really want some food, I'll always almost say no. Because my internalized ableism is telling me that I have to not, because then I won't be in the way. I remember once I went out to meet a guy for lunch and we're talking and we're flirting and being all friendly and we're getting to know each other and we're definitely having like, we're having eye sex with each other at the table and things are going down and he's, it's, it's lunchtime so I'm hungry and he proceeded to eat a whole meal in front of me while I chose to eat nothing and he, he'd asked me like, hey, do you want anything? And I said, no, no, I'm all right, I'm good, don't worry. And I claimed that I had already eaten, which is a huge lie. And I do this quite often when, I, when I'm when i going to meet a non-disabled person. I'll say, like, no, no, I already ate. I'm good. Don't worry. Because I don't want to get in the way. And that makes lunch dates or coffee dates super awkward for the person because there they are eating a meal. And I'm just like, no, I don't eat. Thanks. No, no, no. Um, and so, you know, then we'll have our date and I'll go home and I'll be starving and I don't even get to see him again, or get naked, or have food. So that sucks, but I do it all the time. And so, yeah, don't, basically, I have to learn as a disabled person that it's okay to eat in front of your date. I wonder, do any other disabled people do that? Tweet me at Andrew Gerza or DisAftDarkPod and let me know, Do uh, you as a disabled person, when you're on a date, do you eat? Or if you need help with eating and you know you need help, do you proactively say you're not going to eat because you know you're going to be in the way? Do you do that or am I the only one? Let me know. There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark. But first, we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark. The podcast, Shining Light on Sex and Disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, I'm Dan Meisner. I make a show called Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. And for me, the most powerful part of podcasting is this capacity for real, authentic human stories where people can be open and honest and a little bit vulnerable. And my favorite types of stories are the ones that help me understand other people's lived experiences. And to me, that is exactly what Disability After Dark does each and every episode. That is what keeps me listening. And we're back. I want to thank Come If You Are for being an amazing sponsor. And I want to thank all of you 
for creating listener ads for me. If you want to create a new listener ad, I'm looking for new ones in 2019. All I need you to do is go on your phone app, send me a 20 to 30 second clip as to what the show means to you, uh, why the show is important, why you listen. Say, hi, my name is Blah, and I listen to the show because it means a lot and gives me disability representation, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll put it in the little ad breaks and we'll go from there. Also, if you're listening and you have an indie podcast and you want to do a podcast swap, let me know because I'd love to support indie shows. So hit me up if you want to do a listener ad, if you want to do any of that stuff, send me an email and let's go from there. But now, back to the show. Okay, so now I want to look at some of the magazines and the blogs, sexy first date foods and the unsexy first date foods and figure out, um, you know, not only are they sexy, but if you had to physically help your partner eat, could you feed it to them or could you, if you were disabled and you have enough dexterity, can you feed it yourself? Can you eat it yourself? on a date or can you not and how what that would be like and I think this is a really important conversation and it, it's also a lot of the stuff that disabled people think about when we go on dates if we're gonna eat we consider food that we can either eat ourselves or food that will be easy for somebody to feed us at least I do all the time it's, it's one of the very first things I think of which is why I constantly go to burgers burgers are my go-to and when I looked at the burger in the like date food blogs that I was looking at, all of the date food blogs strongly urge people to stay away from the cheeseburger because one of the blogs said, quote, it might make them think you're cheap. Okay, back the fuck up. Don't food shame me. I fucking love burgers. Don't tell me that I can't have a burger. And don't tell me that if I eat a burger, I'm going to look cheap to my date. Also... If I decide that I'm going to pay for dinner, because I'm a classy cripple sometimes, a burger is a more than respectable option, because I live on a fixed income, yo. Deal with it. I think the cheeseburger is an amazing first date option, also, if you are helping someone eat. So if I sat down with you and we're across the table, and they brought us burgers, this is a great, great option, because if I said I need your help, the burger is compact and it's already to go in the mouth hole, yeah, it is. So when you're feeding me, if you have, if you, so when you're feeding it, you have limited opportunity to create a huge, ginormous mess because it's already in a bun, it's pocketed, it's usually good. Also, and most importantly, it allows me to come up with a plethora of meat-in-my-mouth puns and for you to do the same. For example... You could say, wow, you can open your mouth real wide. And I just wink and smile. Or you would say, is that too much? And I would say, I can fit bigger meats in my mouth. Trust me. Wink. So, stuff like that. And if I want to be super independent, I want to do it myself, and I don't want your help, or, or I want you to think, or if I'm having a super ableist day where I don't want you to feed me, I'll get sometimes them to cut the burger in four and then I can easily, I pick it apart. I, I open up the burger and I just rip it apart because I can, I can do that myself. I'm really good fingering things. Wink. I don't know where this wink thing came from, but I kind of, I'm kind of in love with it right now. So I'm going with it. 
Um, <laughs> the blogs also suggest that bite-sized pasta is a great first date option, like bow-tie pasta or stuff like that. And it, I would say if you're feeding a partner with disabilities or a disabled partner, I would agree on this one. I would say that, yeah, bow-tie pasta or smaller pasta is a really great option if you're going to help somebody eat and they need your help. It's far less messy than, like, the longer pastas, and it's easy to pop into your partner's mouth without too many pop complications. The blogs don't recommend longer pastas for fear that you could make a mess in, in the dating on the dating sites, but I say making messes with someone when feeding them can be hilarious, sexy, and could even be a big icebreaker to talk about disability. It's just a really, it can be a really funny experience. So let it happen if it happens. Have that big long pasta if you want it. Let it be a thing that you joke about together. It might not be like a Lady in the Tramp moment, but it'll, it's really cute. So yeah, I totally do that. Do, do long pasta and make that mess. Make that mess. Make that mess, y'all. Mm. In almost every first date blog that I looked at, there was a huge talk about sushi as a great first date option. But I kind of think that if your date needs a hand eating or needs assistance in that way, trying to delicately and sexily put raw fish in their mouths with a chopstick might be a bit troublesome and not so easy to do. I just can see like some poor disabled person trying to open their mouth wide enough to get a chopstick and the fish in there, um, trying to like also be sexy and then having the partner like drop the fish or like impale them with a chopstick accidentally. It, it, it could be, it could be really tough. Although sushi can be bite-sized and I've eaten it before and I've been okay with it with my level of dexterity. So if you're able to feed yourself with it and that works for you, great. But if you need a partner, I don't know if I would do sushi. Now, every first date blog that I saw in terms of dateability said this next one was a huge giant faux pas and you should never ever eat this on a first date if you want to get a second date. In terms of accessibility though, I think this is a great option and what I'm talking about is chicken wings or buffalo wings. Now, the, the fancy blogs and vlogs said that it makes you look like you don't have any class and you're not you're not fancy fancy but I think I disagree with that I think in terms of um, in terms of accessibility for a disabled person who needs help eating I find that any food on a stick or in stick form is super accessible it allows for your lover to hold a phallic object in their hand while you suck it what could be more awesome than that there have been many a time where I have gone to town on a plate of chicken wings and I have sucked it dry to the bone. Unfortunately, I never had a boy there to watch me do it. But if you want to go on a date with me and you want to eat chicken wings and you want to see how well I can suck a bone, quite literally, let's get chicken wings and I'll show you how well my disabled mouth can suck a bone. So I say if you're disabled and you need help eating and you want to be playful, flirty, and accessible, get fucking chicken wings. A lot of the, the stuff I read also really talked about how cool and kind of like chill and kind of relaxed tacos were on a first date. Like to be like, hey, want to walk around the city and eat tacos? 
Like, that's it. And the, you see people in, like, California all the time going on dates at taco trucks. And these are things that happen pretty regularly. But both helping a disabled person eat and trying to eat it yourself if you are disabled just seems super difficult to eat a taco. I have tried eating tacos. And believe me when I tell you, I love the idea of a good taco. I love tacos. The idea of, like, meat in a wrapped chip thing is literally my dream. It's my dream. Of course, IBS doesn't want me to like that, but it is my dream. Um, but I understand that the packaging is just not really accessible. And if you're trying to feed it to your lover, the shapes of tacos are really tough. And if you're trying to eat it yourself as a disabled person, you are bound to make a spastic mess. And Sorry, that spastic mess is supposed to come later in the evening. Not at dinner. I'm supposed to make the spastic mess all over you in the bedroom. In the bedroom. I think if I ever do drag again, I might call myself spastic mess. What do we think? Do we like this? Uh, but it's something... Yeah, I like, kind of like that. And introducing spastic mess. It sounds kind of hot. <laughs> I don't know, I like it. Maybe, who knows. Notabene with tacos, though, if you're helping someone eat a taco, you can definitely, for sure, take it all out of the filling, all the filling out of the taco so they can eat it themselves and they can just stab it with a fork. Or you can assist them better by taking it out of the, out of the, out of the taco shell itself. There's no shame in that. It does not matter. Just like how I rip apart burgers, you can rip apart a taco for somebody. It's fine. And... If it all falls apart anyway, you can definitely say this later to your lovers. You can say, hey, would you mind getting that taco meat from my lap? Or you could, I guess you could be like, hey, would you mind getting that taco meat from my lap? Some blog said that lobster was a really fancy dinner idea, first date idea. And some blog said that lobster was too bougie. Um, and I don't know. I'm not a fan of lobster myself. But just from an accessibility standpoint, on either end, lobster just looks and feels kind of tough to, to navigate. Breaking it open by yourself as a disabled person could end in you throwing a lobster claw at your lover. Um, and could be really hard if you have limited dexterity. And feeding it to somebody with a disability is just ends up in a giant, huge mess of like, of like lobster insides which really depletes the sexiness from the whole first date vibe. I had a clam bake with my family a couple years ago and they tried to feed me crab or not crab sorry I love crab they tried to feed me lobster and it just it was like a really difficult process to both feed me the lobster and then for me to try to eat it myself it was it didn't end well and if the lobster wasn't already dead I would have definitely killed it because I ripped that thing to shreds and I was a mess. So I don't really think it's accessible first date food. Fish sticks tend to be deemed as a big social faux pas. When you're going on a first date, you're expected to order like really fancy fish or some other kind of shell thing to, to like show your class or your status, which is all bullshit anyway. Um, I think fish sticks for a disabled date experience are super great because the packaging is really, really accessible. 
Um, and to feed this to a disabled lover is quite simple and super easy and, and it's not hard at all. Um, I, I had a friend who would only eat calamari because he could pick it up with his two little pincer hands and that's how he ate food. Um, but I think fish sticks for both a physically disabled person to be fed those by a lover or to eat themselves. Also, fish sticks are more financially accessible than, say, a big giant hunk of fish if you're disabled and trying to treat somebody. I mean, even fish and chips is pretty good because you can just pick that hunk of meat up and go. I love fish and chips. So if you want to take me on a fancy-ish date, get me a burger, get me some... Get me some buffalo wings and get me some fucking fish and chips. I'm down with that. I'm all about the casual cripple food dating moments. It's good. I'm good with it. A lot of the blogs and vlogs said don't get food off the kids menu because uh, you don't want to seem, quote, immature. But a lot of the kids, a lot of the food on the kids menu can be more accessible like they're like finger foods or finger sandwiches or or chicken strips I've, I've gone on dates with boys where simply all I've ever eaten is chicken strips because that's the accessible thing for me and I don't care I'm cool with that it's fine I have no problem eating off the kids menu the, a lot of the kids menu food is more compact it's simpler it's easier to access when you're disabled totally order shit off the kids menu that's fine. I'm fully support that for an accessible first date. The kids menu is great. PB and J, yes please. Comfort foods, crippled comfort foods are foods that disabled people can access easily on their own. And kids menu foods tend to offer that. So order all the shit off the kids menu, no problem. One time I was having lunch with my with one of my friends. My, one of my professors from school, and she is literally, like, somebody that I've looked up to for years and that I was terrified of as a college student because she was so fucking fabulous I could die. And one day, when I was graduating from my master's thesis, she invited me out to have risotto. And I'd never had risotto before in my life, and I always thought that it was this super bougie, fancy food that only fancy, like, people got to eat. And I admired this friend of mine so much. Hi, Jane. Hi. Um... And so Jane and I went for risotto, and I realized how accessible risotto is because I was having fears of eating food in front of Jane because I respected her, and I didn't want to make a disability mess all over myself in front of this professor I really respected. So I got risotto, and I could feed myself the whole dish because unlike soup, it's in a bowl, but it doesn't fall apart, and it doesn't drip everywhere. And it's super compact, and I loved it. I fed it. I fed myself it through a spoon. Um, it's really easy to feed somebody that. It was, it was really great. Um, so if you want to be a little bit more fancy than the cash stuff, and you want to, you wanna, you need help, and you realize you're at the restaurant, and you need help, and you're afraid to ask somebody for too much help, you can order risotto because it's not super hard to feed or to eat yourself if you need to. It's a great option. A not so great option and one that I would veer far away from if you're disabled is soup. And if you need your partner to feed this to you, 
it's only a really good option if you plan on and want to make a mess and if you want to do that with your partner and you want to own that to show them like i don't know how what how messy feeding you can be and like the realities of what they'll have to do to help you get fucking soup get a big bowl of soup and like that's fine and if you know if that's how you want to show them what disability is for you great but i would veer far away from soup um but if you get soup and some broth happens to fall in your pants so that they maybe oh i don't know have to be taken off later i say that's great and note also to the to the date who may be spooning me this soup if you put it too hot up to my mouth and i go spastic and drop the soup on the floor I'm so sorry, but hot things and spastic CP are problematic. That also tends to be why I veer away from soup. Because if I get burned and scared, I probably will, out of fear, throw the soup back onto you, and nobody wants that. For desserts, I'm only going to give you one option, because the best option is cake. is the most accessible option, and it is, of course, the best and only option, obviously. But I mean, okay, ice cream can be fun and drippy and sexy and things can go on there and that's fine. But ice cream can get really messy and sticky. There was a suggestion in one of the blogs that honey can be a great aphrodisiac, but honey and, at least in my case, with disability, spastic anything, it just feels like it's going to be on me forever and I won't be able to get it off ever and I can't wash it off myself. So I wouldn't do a honey thing. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of honey desserts. Because of the sticky factor, and sticky means I can no longer access the things. So no to the honey. As I'm recording this, there are dogs barking outside my door, and I can't get them to stop, and I'm not going to stop recording. So if you hear them throughout, they're just, I don't know what's going on with them. They're big dogs that live in this complex and they always bark and it's happening now so if it happens okay so um another great option for your partner to feed you or to help you with if you're disabled is coffee it's a really i don't like coffee coffee or like espresso not, not like that i'm talking about walking into a starbucks or a dunkin donuts and grabbing just like an, an iced thing typically I get iced things because, much like soup, I don't want to spill hot coffee on a partner. Um, there have been moments where I've been with friends and they're feeding me hot chocolate and I will go spastic and almost throw it on them. It happened last week to a friend of mine. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> um, but I love going to get a, get a have my lover feed me like a frappuccino or something because I get to show off my oral skills again. And that's cool. And I think that when you're helping a disabled partner, you need to go and ask for a plastic disposable straw. Don't come for me. I know I said plastic straw. I was making a point. Big shade to the companies who are banning straws. Gonna say it. We need our fucking plastic straws. Leave us the fuck alone. I would also say that another first date option if you're trying to help a disabled lover eat Desserty things, I would say fruit's a great dessert option. I would just highly recommend, and in fact, I would strongly urge everyone who helps somebody with a disability eat any kind of fruit product uh, that you chop up the fruit. 
because I want to choke on the things, believe me, but I don't want to choke on a grape in the middle of the restaurant on our first date, and I'm, I don't want us to have to call EMS, and I don't want all that stuff to happen. I don't want that. So feed your partner fruit, put all the chocolate on it, but maybe just for safety reasons, cut it up. And whether you're disabled or not, cut up all your fruit just to be safe. Don't, nobody want. You know, and that scares me a lot because I live alone and I love to eat apples. And I'm super fearful that one day I'm going to choke on an apple and I'm going to I'm gonna die. That's it. I'm, it's going to be over because I live alone. What if I choke on an apple and die? Have you not seen that, that Liz Lemon thing on 30 Rock where she chokes on an apple and almost dies? That's going to be me. So <laughs> whenever you're eating fruit, disabled or not, but especially if you're disabled... And especially if you're on a date, cut up that fruit, y'all. Cut it up. Now, I just want to give some tips to remember if you're not disabled or if you are disabled and you're helping a fellow disabled partner eat some food on a date and what you have to remember. But especially, this is this is especially important for, for listeners who want to go on a date with a disabled person who may need help and they may have to help them and they don't know what to do. And let's say you're sitting at the table and... Your partner says, hey, would you mind shoving that meat in my mouth? Remember remember these tips before you do that, and then you can begin. So tip number one, do not ever ask me on a date when holding a spoon or fork up to my mouth if it is time for the airplane. You may think I'm kidding, but I'm being really serious when I say this. Do not do this ever. Not ever. It's not funny. It's not cute. It means you're an ableist dickbag. Don't do this to me when you're feeding me. Even if you're trying to make a joke, don't make this one. It's not funny. It's ableist. Tip number two. A lot of people, when they're feeding me, they will overload the spoon or the fork. They'll overload it with food. The, the, the amount of food that they might want to shovel in their mouth if they were feeding themselves, they'll do that because that's just part of what you would do, you would think, I'm going to eat this so you can eat this. When you're disabled sometimes, disabled people like me may take longer swallowing. I like taking long time swallowing. Wink. Um, and overloading the fork could lead to a major choking hazard for them. So maybe just be mindful of the amount of bite you're offering somebody when you feed them and hopefully your disabled date can tell you like whoa don't overload that but some, sometimes to be polite and to be when you're talking and not thinking about it it's not something you automatically consider so so you as the non-disabled partner keep that in mind as well the big takeaway here i think and the big tip i have for non-disabled uh partners who are assisting their disabled partners in eating is take your time Enjoy that moment with the person. Enjoy the intimacy you're getting with the person by being allowed to feed them. If I ask you to shove a burger in my mouth, it's almost like I said, "Do you want to be my? Do you want to move in?" It's a really powerful question, and it, it's a privilege for me to allow you to do that. So take your time with it. Enjoy this moment that you're getting to spend with me. I don't offer this to a lot of other people, and it's really, it's a really special thing when I say, "Do you want to feed me?" And this is not a tip. This is just a thing that I love that people do when they help me eat is especially cute people. I love it when, when you're learning to feed somebody as part of our natural responses to things. When you're feeding somebody food and you put a spoon in their mouth, you will naturally open your mouth 
when you put a spoon in it. I've seen friends of mine do it, do it with me, and attendants do it with me, and it's one of the most adorable, most endearing, most human things I've ever seen. And I swear to you, if a cute muscle queen that I was fucking ever did that, I think I would fall the fuck down in joy. So, people who are hanging out with me and want me to gag on their dick, I want you to feed me with a spoon and do that thing because I think it's fucking adorable. I love it so much. So if you're disabled and you see your non-disabled date who's helping you do that, um, that's great. It means they get it and they're into it and they're into you and that's awesome. Um, this episode was a weird one and a, a different one and a fun one and I have nothing more to say, but I hope you enjoyed episode 121. Would you shove this in my mouth? And let me know what kind of dates you go on and how you deal with food as a disabled dater. And, and do you do that? And do you have a partner who fed you? And do you have stories around that? Send me a minisodes of stories where your partner had to feed you and what that was like or times you chose not to eat because it was weird. I want to hear all those things. Send your emails to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Follow me on all the things. Andrew Gerza or Disaft Dark Pod. Also, we do have a Facebook page, but I am slowly gonna kind of stop using that because Facebook it has become super problematic with sexuality stuff. So I'm moving a lot of my disability after dark content to Twitter, kind of on and off because Twitter is more open right now, anyway. Um, and be sure to follow us there, Disaft Dark Pod on Twitter. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. You'll hear the regular ending now, and come back for more. Bye! Alright, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment. You help me make a living doing this thing. You help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities. So I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time, right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Sujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019.